Fire from Farster, a podcast that talks about all the different ways you can help your print business lead the way. In each episode, we'll cover a range of topics such as the latest and greatest technologies for printers, industry trends, and knowledge that can help you run your business faster and smarter. So here we go. Hello, and welcome to today's recording of the Inkspire podcast. I'm really pleased today to be joined by uh, Marcus Timpson uh, from Future Print. And Marcus has uh, agreed to join us today because um, I actually heard him uh, on a presentation just, just a while back on one of the IPIA um, breakfast networking clubs and was really interested by some of the things that Marcus had to talk about, not only about what future print is and what it does for the printing industry and um, why maybe um uh you know print businesses should be uh, paying attention to future print uh but also um on, on his uh, perspective on on business development and how adaptability is key to that and uh, and, and storytelling as well um so i asked marcus if he would uh, join us today very kindly agreed to uh, to come on the podcast so marcus thank you very much for, for giving us some time today and, and joining us it's good to have you here Thank you, Ross, and uh, yeah, for for inviting me. I'd like to, I'd like, I could pretend to say I get invited to lots of podcasts and interviews, but I don't. Uh, this is the first one that I've I've been invited to, so I'm really uh, appreciative of the offer and your time. So um, yeah, looking forward to. It. No worries. It's uh, I would say it's really happy <laughs> on here. I think I think uh, it's uh, definitely going to be uh, lots of great content for us to talk about. So maybe uh, you know a good starting point, as always, Marcus, is perhaps if you could. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, you know what, what your experience and your background, where you come from, and, and, and what you do. That would be uh, that would be good to know. Yeah, I've I've been I, I'm the ripe old age of fifty now, so I've, I've been working for a few years and mostly in the um, event and exhibition industry. And really, I guess it gets relevant in '06 when I joined Fesper. Um, Fraser, my still business partner, was the MD back back then. Um, and he needed someone to head up and sort of marketing. Um, yeah. And I joined Fesper at that time. And it was a really exciting time to join because Fesper, for those who don't know, although I'm sure most will know, um, at that time was focused uh, and set up in the 60s, I think, for screen printing. And the, the show ran every three years and was very screen printing mm. oriented. But the time I joined, um, uh, the whole industry was really digitizing. And yeah. so it's a very exciting time to be part of it and Vespa really grew massively during that period we, we did a lot of uh, extra work and extra events and built community and everything else but there was this dynamic energy around change and so on and um, yeah we did some um, really exciting stuff left there in 2011 to set up a JV with Fraser and myself and Matt Brooks called FM Brooks and we launched new events for the um, sector but mostly in the print market um, I guess the most notable was Imprint, which is an industrial print technology event. So we learned a lot about how inkjet's kind of moving mm-hmm. into new markets and what an amazingly versatile, diverse um, and increasingly industrial technology is. Um, and so there was no event that really dealt with that. So we created the Imprint running in Munich. Well, actually, the first one was in Hanover, then Munich, then Milan and, and the US. And again, another really exciting time um doing new things developing new ideas and i guess i guess over over the course of my career um and the times Fraser and i've worked together we've always 
kind of been developing new things. We've we've enjoyed um, perhaps solving problems with new events. Not all of them work, frankly. Some of them do, and they really kind of connect new people, and you, you get to play a role in that. And it's a really purposeful thing to do. And as well as that, we we, we enjoy speaking. Uh, we also host, host podcasts, smaller events, write articles, and everything else. So yeah, we're very passionate about what we do. And um, yeah, and, and, and more recently in 2019, we exited uh, Imprint Sold as part of the big bigger deal to Relics, um, and we set up a consultancy and at the time. It, it, well, it's still called FM Future, and that, the kind of view with that was that we'd noticed that obviously technology companies are focused much more on technology than anything mm. else, as you'd expect. That is their um, absolute focus, and often there's an under um, valuing in terms of um, communication, um, and that isn't a criticism. That's just a fact. If you're launching something new, you, your focus is more on the technology than anything else. We thought, actually, I wonder if we can help. We're good at this. We could help people tell their story and communicate and connect, utilising the wonderful power of the internet and thought leadership and so on. And that's how FM Future started. And we were merrily doing that quite quite nicely. And then the kind of COVID thing hit and we launched Future Print, which we'd already launched anyway, but we really went into yeah. running a lot of virtual events. Because, again, we saw a, a role for ourselves to help the market connect. And um, we've run now five different events virtual ones built a subscriber base from 400 to nearly seventeen thousand now so it's been a been a busy time and we've learned a lot so yeah anyway that's it that's me that, that, that's probably enough for now i would imagine <laughs> no that's really so, so yeah it's, it's it's really interesting to to kind of hear the 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 path that you've and journey you've been on so far and and how, how you got to where you are um yeah. and, and and you're absolutely right i think technology um it is very key for, for for businesses going forward in any industry but in particular the print industry um uh, and you know uh, i think that's something that uh, is is on everyone's mind um and probably why future print probably uh, has a, a good position in, in place i'm sure we can talk about more of that as, as we go through um so one of the things you talked about there was about uh, you mentioned was about that, that telling the story as well mm. as part of that and, and I know when we spoke before um, this was a really interesting area that um, for, for, for businesses um, yeah. what you know could you tell us a little bit more about that and, and, and what story yeah mean by storytelling and yeah yeah I, th- I think I think um, it's wouldn't say it's uh, uh well let's put it this way I've, I've sat through many many presentations at events particularly when we launched imprint and it, and i guess our positioning meant that we were doing we were doing a lot, lot more technical people um and there's no denying the technical brilliance involved with creating inkjet into new markets with the chemistry the physics and the engineering involved is it's, it's very clever stuff mm. yeah a lot of these People presenting seem to seem to focus mostly on factual things, mm-hmm. which frankly is understandable because you know I, I, I guess we're we're taught that way at school. It's about remembering facts. It's about relaying information, about yeah. conveying a, a sense of expertise, and so on. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, um, I don't know. A, I don't understand much about what they're saying, and also it's sort of fairly lifeless, and also not really easy to relate. And I and I think I think. You know, if you've read books like Crossing the Chasm, Jeffrey Moore and so on, that mm. often 
often what, what happens is very, very technical people communicate in a language that their buyers don't necessarily understand. And that can be a massive turnoff because if, you, if you're if you not able to get your head around what's being said, you're, you're, you're less likely to buy it. So storytelling kind of, it really is as old as fire, I suppose, as the invention of fire. Because what happened was we, you know, we, we discovered fire and what it did is it, 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 it elongated the day. So instead of the day finishing when it got dark, we sat around the fire and we shared stories. And that's how this very human thing began and people relayed information that way um uh, another great book that i read which i encourage anyone to who's interested in improving how they communicate is a, is a book by carmen gallo called the story teller's secret um carmen in the book analyzed a lot of the greatest storytellers and people that we recognize for having a purpose and a mission people like Alan Gandhi, people like Martin Luther King, people like Winston Churchill, who used words and story to really galvanise people behind a common theme, and, and they're kind of people we know what they we know what they represent because they're so incredibly good at. And what he found with his research was that actually sixty five percent of their of their kind of narrative or the content. Was, was dedicated to pathos or pathos, which is triggering of emotion through a narrative. Only 25% is given to facts, and even less is given to credibility, 10%. Yet actually, many technical people just don't do the pathos at all, or hardly at all. So just really are conveying credibility on the one hand, and on the other hand, facts. And this doesn't move people. And I think if, if, if you're looking for a scientific explanation as to why storytelling is so important is that um, humans, as I said, are hardwired for stories. It's actually biology. Um, when we're listening to stories, cortisol is emitted, which means we're paying attention. I mean, if you're mm. if you're trying to encourage somebody to buy something or to or to or, or just to, to to build some rapport with them, obviously getting their attention is important. And if somebody's presenting very technical information, you don't understand, you've immediately lost their attention. The other thing it does is um, it triggers oxytocin and mm -hmm. and that's the feeling that we have of empathy it's when you've sat there and you've listened to someone speak or you've heard a podcast or you've read a book and you immediately relate to that person you empathize with them and what better way to build trust um and i think that's that's the essence really that um stories not just a one-off story that you in you know it's a whole you have to do it frequently. You guys do this very well at Darcy. You're constantly communicating, doing things frequent. Frequency and consistency over time builds trust, but also a, a kind of a, a looking at what you're saying, how you're saying it, um, what you want to get out of what you're saying, what you want the end result to be. Um, often it's a story is following a, a, a kind of arc, if you like, where there's, yeah. there's a sense of journey and conflict and challenge and and everything else and there's a resolution at the end and the resolution at the end really is you want somebody to say oh, i like that i'd like to i'd like to have a chat with you. and then yeah. things happen from there so yeah i guess if you want to go even more into it there's the joseph work joseph campbell did on the on, on the um hero's journey um yes yeah i've it, heard of that uh, yeah yeah i mean that's very interesting and you're kind of probably wondering how's that related to business of course it relates to business businesses are made up of people people are human Humans work from biology and emotion. Um, and if you sit down with people and you, and you can tell a story 
that they can quickly and easily relate to. It doesn't have to be a three hour long story. Often we need to get a story down very quickly, mm. um, but it can be done. And you, sure, it's not a Hollywood film, but equally you can get stories out that, that relate. Um, I've done it myself I've, I've, it, 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 and, and it works and it's mm. far more enjoyable for um, people to listen to. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think you're absolutely right. It's um, the the whole ap- approach of, 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 of the, uh, the the storytelling. Um, so what what you what we're really talking about there is 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 bringing the emotion into it um, and, and and making it more relatable um, yeah. to, to people. And, and I think of the um, you know I was just thinking there of um, what you were saying about the the, the pathos, right? You know, and and the the, the uh, Carmen's kind of analysis, where it was like, you know, a, a small percentage was about credibility, a small mm. percentage was about fact, and and the, what the 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 main bulk of it was was about the emotion side of things, and it it, it made me think there of kind of the uh, you know Donald Trump um, winning his campaign, and and somebody did some analysis. Uh, and, and that was a similar thing that, that they focused on, you know, whether you, you, you support or, or don't support Donald Trump, it's, it, you, you can look at it and see how, how he, he helped with his campaign. Because if you think it, it didn't come from being a politician, he came from being a businessman. So did he have any credibility there in terms of, uh, of, of being an experienced politician? Or uh, No, he didn't. He, he did, but he had, he had experience of being, being a businessman. Um but he very much focused on everything on on the storytelling and the emotion side of things, um, and and somebody did this analysis where, where it, you know whereas Hillary Clinton, they talked about how Hillary Clinton was really uh, going on the facts and and the technicalities of things um, and 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 credibility of you know being experienced and and. and that that's just a I guess a living example of 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 the big yeah. difference that can make where he he always focused on the stories um uh, rather than the, the the facts of things and the way mm. he conveyed that as well um mm. so and and the you know like the the idea of the the hero um again I, I know that that's um you know it, it, when you think about it so many films have that same pattern don't they um, yeah, and and, and I, I've read quite a few marketing kind of uh, articles that have, have inspired us as well here at Tharston that mm. have talked about you know that 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 same scenario of of having a hero and and uh, having a you know somebody in distress and and, and mm. how you can apply that into into your storytelling and and and, and conveying your messages and um and making your customer the hero. Which is, you know, yeah, related to the story. It's it's not. I think one of the the key things is it's not. It's not putting yourself across as the hero in that particular messaging style. It's 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 making the customer. How can you help the customer become the hero to their customers, or or you know internally, um, and how can you help them fight the 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 battles that they 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 fight and the the challenges that they have and the um it, it's it's definitely um uh, really interesting reading that sort of stuff so because yeah, i think that people identify with struggle yeah and and yeah challenge and you know often don't get a chance to think or talk about it 
because it just mm. is how it is. But actually, that is a key, a journey within innovation, a journey within growing a business requires struggle. And, you know, you don't get it. Uh, you know, I don't believe these get rich quick stuff. I just don't because because it doesn't. I mean, it might happen you know, for a minuscule percentage. Anyone that's done anything worthwhile has struggled and mm. had hardship and nearly given up and all of these different things. And and that is an emotional uh, fact. And um, I think we identify with that. And put it on a very basic human level, like we are talking about it here. It's like yeah, I feel like we know each other. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it helps when you take that approach as well. That's, that's where the passion comes across. Mm. You know, I mean, here at Tharson, we're, we're all a bunch of geeks. We're, we're all definitely geeks and technical geeks and things like that. But it, it's, 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 allowing, it's getting across the passion. And that's something that I would say that, you know, you, you, can, you can do by kind of really more focusing on on, on on what the story is and how that's going to help someone um mm. you know what that means for them i think is what we're talking about isn't it um yeah, yeah. When, when when you're doing that and and that but that's where you can start to see the passion and that's where i guess you can inspire people um mm. and and help you know it's uh, definitely yeah, a, good, a good thing okay cool uh, so um one of the other things that um we've talked about before as well is is you know in terms of business development is is a, is adaptability and and how mm-hmm. that is is key and that was you know the presentation that i saw a, a little while back um marcus it was really enjoyable and i thought i had a lot of great value for people um so so what, what what's what's your you know what do you mean by that when we talk about adaptability um yeah, I think I mean it's a it's a quality that I think we as humans all have, um, but I think it gets kind of trained out of us in a way, in it, to a large extent, because we're we're still taught to follow rules mm. and conform, and 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 conformity by by its very nature is is it doesn't really provide us with the tools to adapt. Adaptability, put simply, is the quality of being able to adjust to new conditions. Um, uh, we talked about struggle and obviously a key thing as we said is passion but resilience is really important and that psychologist term really resilience is the process of adapting well in the face of adversity if we don't mm. have if we don't have that willingness to um, and passion and, and and that inbuilt resilience to try then we're, we're simply less adaptable and I think what happens is we have this kind of culture of conformity which you know, look at the kids, they all wear the same trainers, they all look the same, and we said this, I guess many generations have said this, because it's still a human thing to want to not stand out, um, which is why the people that are prepared to stand out and be a bit different are, by their very nature, more adaptable. That doesn't yeah. mean to say we can't learn as businesses to become more adaptable at all, but it is about stepping away from groupthink and starting to create a way of thinking and a culture that is really open-minded, that tries new things, that takes measured risks, that doesn't persecute people for failing and, and allows and affords time for um, new things. That's, that's kind of uh, where I see adaptability and, and, and obviously building a, I think you said before, having a, 
adaptable or adaptability team to really sort of work on that. I think it's come to the fore now, particularly the word adaptability, because of COVID, obviously. I mean, it's forced us to adapt um, or to try to adapt. And it's a it's a strategic change, and it's often really I have to, you have to look at the right at the top and um, the leadership because if the leadership sets the tone for the culture, if the culture doesn't permit creativity, mistakes, adaptability, and so on, then the organisation is going to struggle. But yeah, it's it's um it's a, again it's a human thing. It's a yeah. it's a cultural thing. It's um. The technology is is a, a, a really a pe- people and our people and how we think and how we do and what we think is right and um, it's often I think in a way it's unlearning all of the things we've learned up to now. Just saying we don't I don't know the answers, but I'm prepared to try to find out, and that's how you be adapt you, you become adaptable and create value. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I think it. I, it, it sounds t- to me as well very much like it's like it's, it's kind of almost having a, a, that growth mindset, isn't it? That, that's a, mm-hmm. a, in being open to uh, to change, open to trying new things, and mm-hmm. and, and having an environment uh, to, to 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 do that. Um, and and we've certainly heard it a lot, haven't we? Um, in, in you know in, in the as we stepped into COVID and during it and, and uh, through that 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 point of uh, talking about pivoting um you know mm. i think people which is is, is a, a you know perhaps another way of talking about uh, adapting uh, mm. and we saw some businesses do that um you know mm. some some businesses were, were were able to 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 adapt um mm. and 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 change what it was they offered or what the services were and and, and you know found new markets um mm. uh, some businesses we saw just just kind of um really kind of took an approach of well okay what what what's how can we help our customers and you know finding out about that to you know to, to see what they needed to then adapt as well um yeah uh, so yeah uh, how how would how would a, a business go about being adaptable you know would, would you would you say marcus yeah i mean i guess there's loads of businesses out there that have done a uh, have maybe launched the founders have moved on the culture's changed it's been more about compliance and following a path I, I do think it's 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 really like the leadership has to embrace it or or, or it's just not going to happen basically mm-hmm. but, but mm-hmm. you know a lot a lot of leaders in a lot of these kind of what you might call more traditional markets are technical leaders technical in the sense they're following rules they're following a set of things that best practice and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that when times are good and predictable, but when they're not, it's limiting. Um, I think at the point, really, if you want to start to become more adaptable and more flexible and more open-minded and so on, the leader's got to decide they're going to do it and then create an adaptable, I would suggest creating an adaptable team. You look at some of the um, very famous businesses that have done this, these kind of things in the past where they've created offshoot groups um, Lockheed did it with Skunk Works, I think. Supreme Marine did it when they wanted to create the, the Spitfire part. Um, Xerox did it with Park, where you have these kind of groups that are set aside from the main culture that are allowed to behave differently, that are not that are made up with people that are not rule followers, that are not um, the same types of people in your kind of technical business. And that, and and really, what happens is you you, you get different out, outcomes and outputs. Um, the, obviously, technical 
leadership and, and process and compliance is, is really important once you've created a product. So you, this adaptable team creates a product or an idea. If it, it does need integrating into the business, perhaps in a process put behind it, but certainly in order to discover um, where the next steps might be, have it, having a different team who are not weighed down um, by the kind of what I call the tyranny of expertise. Uh, you know, you see this in a lot of businesses where, where, where they're so set in this kind of rut of developing the same product. They're kind of looking to make really, really marginal gains, really, really tiny improvements that, frankly speaking, the customer doesn't even notice. You know, mm. you know and even, even Apple are getting that now. I mean, like, I'm, I'm due a new phone soon, and I'm sure it'll be better than one I've got, but it's not going yeah. to be light years better. It's going to be a bit better. Um, and so over-focusing on that means that actually what you're doing is you, you know, Kodak did it with the digital camera, right? I mean, they, 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 they had it, but they didn't invest in it because it was, at the end of the day, they were worried about what it might mean, I would, I would imagine, to their core business. So it's, 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 it's really sort of separating the cultures and, and setting something new up and kind of having a, a kind of group of people that are empowered to do new things and try new things out, but that aren't judged aren't persecuted if things don't work out because basically they're not going to all work out you're going to you're going to try new things like i've done in we've done with our business sometimes don't work okay try something else constantly mm. changing because the world's changing so quickly we went to bed in 2020 woke up in 2030 the pace of change isn't going to slow back down again it's going to faster 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 digitalization is the thing which is why i'm only interested in digital and i'm sure you are too um because yeah. it is I mean, it, it, it is it is an, such a, an amazing enabler, um, but it requires a more sort of agile mind. It requires a more flexible mind. It requires uh, a thinking, okay, this works now, well, but now it doesn't. Let's try something else. And um, and I think often in the, the bigger businesses that have got used to a certain way of doing things um, suffer from a kind of confirmation bias and you know those which is why in many respects new ideas don't emanate from those places because it's you know it's quite comfortable how it is what covid's done is it started to dismantle that thinking and i know from talking to speakers that are going to be presenting at a pack summit in cambridge next month uh, um i said exactly that oh yeah we're really accelerating our digital program now because actually leadership's changed they're actually really you know, so this is happening already. So if, if you're listening and you, you haven't you haven't started thinking about adapting um, and putting in place a strategy and a process, um, and it's a process of discovery, and it's a process of learning, and it's a process, and it's and, and it's a point of going. I don't know, admitting you don't know, and being prepared to make mistakes, um, as painful as they may be. The point being, it's me- measured risk, not uh, you know risk that would kill the business i mean i mean it's an obvious thing to say but yeah yeah it, it, it is it is about taking measure risks trying small steps small steps not trying to reinvent the wheel but um once once the momentum starts once things start happening once the energy begins it's mm. um it, it, it will lead to to interesting new things and i think involving customers and critical customers in that is is, is absolutely essential um designing new things so yeah and it's an exciting, yeah. creative, um, challenging thing to do, but it's not. Yeah. Humankind has evolved by by doing this kind of thing. So, um, 
it's actually i say it's a critical thing to survive and thrive in the future yeah absolutely so so it, it's kind of it, it's it's about um first of all creating the right culture so and i think mm-hmm. you, you kind of said it needs, it needs to come from the leadership um uh, mm-hmm. back in this and 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 putting it in place and and creating the right culture but then also maybe creating a a specific team that that allows you to um you know them um to, to kind of have have that space and that safety to 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 to, to be creative to try different things and 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 come up with new ideas um it's interesting because we, we when we talk to uh when the businesses we work with and you know they're trying to ultimately bring about change generally because they'll be wanting to implement a new system to uh you know potentially maybe automate or integrate or um you know uh, change processes and and streamline things and you know use technology and one of the key things mm. we always recommend is, is about creating that a, a team um like a project team but always making sure that it's kind of a mixture of different people in that team, you know, so mm-hmm. somebody from somebody from marketing, somebody from sales, somebody from estimating, mm-hmm. somebody from production, uh, warehouse from uh, accounts and finance. And, and, and so you get that mixture of, of inputs mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. rather than it being driven maybe by one particular focus of the business you know mm-hmm. um because because otherwise it, it it just becomes a solution for part mm-hmm. of the business and not for whole of the, the the whole of the business and mm-hmm. and and i think that's where when you 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 start to see that interaction as well that's where ideas do germinate from isn't it marcus because probably because mm-hmm. it, it's what people start to understand why another department does something else uh and, and you know um uh, you know and, and 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 they then start to see what impact that has on other parts of the business as well um mm. so it, it, you know yeah it's, effe- it it's effective yeah no no it's communication and motivation yeah absolutely and i know i can really relate to some of this because we here, here at Thorsten, we we we've created quite a few different teams to to, to i guess focusing on different areas of the business but for example we have a a, a customer experience team and and in that team is is a whole mixture of different people within our business um and um you know and we spent a a whole a long time probably about 12 months um mapping out what the 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 customer experience what we we see the customer experience is starting from the very beginning of of finding Thorsten you know researching Thorsten on the internet or uh, you know uh, what other means uh, to making contact, to helping them with the research process, to onboarding them as a customer, to helping through the, the implementation, through to supporting them beyond the implementation, and 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 and, and um, you know beyond there as well. Uh, and that was a, a really interesting process because uh, I say it took us longer than we, we anticipated. Part of the reason for that is because we as we as we've started mapping it out on a big wall on a big sheet of paper you start to then we, we fell into the trap of starting to try and fix things or change things that we thought actually we could do this better rather than just kind of uh mapping it out and then kind of going right okay how can we you know what what changes can we do here what what, what can we, what we do um 
and and so yeah it, it, but that's where lots of ideas started to, to germinate but that probably wouldn't have happened without first of all creating that that safe culture uh, you know of, mm. uh, of, of embracing change and uh, mm. knowing you can make a mistake without repercussions mm. you know it's just about learning from them um mm. um being prepared to, to 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 disagree and commit sometimes and go okay i can see you're really passionate about this but i, I don't agree but I, I, I let's let's give it a go let's go for it and, and let's see see mm. what happens and um you know all like being receptive and approachable and and um lots of different mm. things like that to create that 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 culture quite mm. and and, and on the back of that way you talked about the the, the teams uh, you know creating a, a specific team I, I, so many different things popping into my head is is um where we, we've created a, a a new product recently for um the, for, 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 the, for the label industry and actually um uh which, which is kind of like a cloud-based solution um but one of the things there marcus is that we created a brand new development team for that and you know and other members of the business being part of that so you can see there where where, where that adaptability has completely worked and allowed us to always go back to the beginning Mm -hmm. right okay we've got 30 plus years experience of 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 of, of developing an an mis for for the print industry if we could go back to the beginning what would we do how would we do things differently and and create Mm -hmm. this 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 new solution and this new approach and, and and it is it is quite different um uh and, and not here to talk about Tarson, but it, it just is no, just no, you're, you're you're talking about it, adaptability it's relevant, yeah and also I, I, but um I, I read a great book as well um uh by matthew syed um which is called uh it was called uh rebel ideas um and that's that's really just focusing on 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 that idea of of having that specific team but they talk about uh, maybe even taking one step further as well of of bringing people in um to the to the team that are maybe outside of of, yeah. of your industry or your yeah. organization um and, and they talked about you know it, it talks about a couple of ideas where the for example the england football squad um they, they created a, a team uh, I think it was Southgate that might have done this. Actually, um, they, they, they created a, a steering committee, a team of of loads of people that are nothing to do with football mm. in terms of how to, to, to look at how can we improve the performance and the results. And I think Matthew Syed was actually one of them people. Is is mm. nothing to do with football, but um, they they you know they had economists on there. They they, they had you know mm. um, scientists. They had people that just had no idea about football itself, but uh, mixed in with people who did to kind of go well. All right, you're trying to fix that problem. Well, it, it, this is the way we've approached a similar problem in this industry, and and um, I, I think it's a real kind of um open kind of minded uh, approach to, to, to see well what can we learn from 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 other people what, yeah. what, what when when somebody's from the outside in is looking yeah i think um, you're right i think yeah because of course we're all from the same broadly industry something that yeah we're going to have certain things we uh and a certain job and we use and a certain way of thinking um yeah we can learn a lot from other industry absolutely yeah and other people from outside i agree 
Cool. I, it's, yeah, it's um, and I, I think it's 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 um, definitely uh, uh you know, something that any business can 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 easily do. Really, I think with, with not much effort can can kind of yeah put that that, that time aside. Um, going full circle back, storytelling, communication. Mm. So if you're doing you're dealing with a that that's internal as as much internal as external. If you get the internal yeah. right. The external people will just be communicating far better about how they talk about their business. And we've heard this. We've worked with businesses before, and you, you know, you sit down with key people. How do you how do you explain the business? And they'll talk yeah. about the business, and then you get somebody else in, completely different story. Um, so that's important. So if you get that kind of internal, why are we doing this? What's the point of doing this? Where are we trying to go with the business? If people understand that, investors. Uh, employees, customers, incredibly motivated. It's when people don't understand or they're not included or they're not informed. Not everybody can be included in the adaptability mm. team, can they? Mm. But the point, no. the point of doing it, I mean, that's that's that says to your, the, the, you know, a signal to the rest of the business that actually, you know, we're talking about the next generation here. We're trying to define. Um, that's really positive. That's confident. That's optimistic. Well, only that's collaborative and. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it sort of says, well, okay, it's it's it's, it's kind of going. We don't know the answers, but on the other hand, we're, we're going to we're working it out. Um, I just think that's really really important. Yeah, uh, there's. I'm sure you, I don't know if you've read it, but I'm guessing you might have. The the Simon Sinek start with why. Mm. Um, you know, and it's amazing how many times so many different conversations actually end up coming back to this of of of, mm-hmm. of what what is your why what is the, the your you know your, your personal why what what drives you um but mm-hmm. you know what what is your organization's why and and, and apple and is often cited mm-hmm. as a great example of that that you know that they, they, they're not about computers actually they're they're about technology solutions and it just so happens to be that they you know that they mm. make computers as well um and and i, I think it, it, it is it right because then that's if you know what your why is you can communicate that and that's part of the storytelling isn't it that gets people on, on it is on it is it is purpose and having clarity on that also builds resilience yeah it's um it's binding, it's uniting, it's um, motivating, all of those things. Um, purpose, such as that, I think really enables adaptability because if the purpose is to achieve something that isn't necessary, like you say, unless so many people focus on what and how, not, not, not on why. Yeah. Yeah. The why. The why shouldn't be um, product specific or it should be a, a vision of trying to do something purposeful for the industry or for whatever. And um, you know that can that that gives a lot of scope for changing how you do things underneath. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think absolutely integral to um, both the storytelling but also adaptability. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you're right because it, it's when when you when you know your why, uh, obviously it makes it easier to communicate that. Um, but like you say. It, 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 that resilience that that adaptability comes from that as well because if mm. you know what your why is it's easier to make a decision to go to does this fit with our purpose is will if we make this change will it help us with our 
our yeah. you know our raise and debtor of what we what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Uh, and I think yeah. it also helps in 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 where where it helps is in the storytelling as well and and communicating to people when when you communicate your why and when you do that through the the storytelling approach really and and that's where people can see what your values are and that's that's what where you know when when where people identify with you or your organization um whether that be customers employees mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it, it, or investors or or, or whatever. It, it's when 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 you communicate that why and and, and the the story of of, of of you, then that does help, doesn't it? And, and it's really that's you know that's that's the success of Apple. People have identified with the, mm-hmm. the values of Apple. Yes, they brought out some great, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. technology and and and, and game-changing technology but people uh, on the fact of it in face of it probably a, a pc for example is is technically a better machine than, than than a mac but people identify with apple and their values and 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 you know will pay more for a, for a mac yeah yeah, yeah. i'm use apple and um yeah, I wouldn't want to use a PC. I mean, I, I have I have used them in the past, but yeah, it just doesn't doesn't have the same feel. And I think the thing what they were so good at doing is is also kind of having you know it's about democratizing technologies and it's kind of giving power to to people. And in, in the first instance, creative people, designers, publishers, uh, they could do things on desktop they couldn't do with yeah. with any other format. And I still think that applies now. I think you can do a lot more creatively with the Apple than you yeah. can on the PC. Naturally, mm-hmm. all right, there, there may be other people that disagree with me, but it's so intuitive. Yeah, it, it enables non-technical people like me to use a knifey bit of kit very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it synchronizes with my phone. Da, da, da. I mean, of course, um, Google and Android is fantastic too, but I, I just think it's a completely different way of operating. But yeah, um, it's. Um, Clever stuff, and I think what was his uh, the think different, and that, that was probably the greatest example. And that was internal; that was an internal campaign that Apple did with Steve Jobs when he just returned from, you know, because he he left didn't he under a cloud, yeah. and then he returned. Yeah. And, and he worked really hard on this campaign to the essence of what they're, and it was th- the think different campaign. And I encourage anyone to YouTube that and look at Think Different because Steve Jobs explains the thinking behind Think Different and the advertising campaign came out of that. But initially it was an internal thing and it's that whole kind of talking about misfits, the people that want to make a difference. They hardly mention the technology, but it hits the Y square in the middle of the eyes. And from there on in came um, came the iPod and uh, the iPhone and everything else. So, yeah, uh, yeah, that is a great example. And I think I think it, it, it's the the under, undertone of all of this really is about embracing change, isn't it? As, yeah. as, a, as a business, if you mm. want to grow and 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 succeed, then by you know humans, we tend to think humans typically don't like change. I don't think many of us do. But, and and I think. I often wonder whether is it that we don't like change, or or is it that we it's the fear of the unknown, 
and and what that change might the the change might bring yeah. about something unknown. Because it's that that's kind of it, flight or fight, isn't it? That flight or fight. It's like, what's this? How's this going to threaten my security? Yeah, absolutely. And most people would rather not have to worry about change. Yeah, yeah. And but yeah, as humans, we we cope with change all the time. Mm. But I guess it's within a certain parameter. You know, the, the weather changes all the time. We cope with that. We adapt to it. Um, mm. we, we, you know, we 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 manage it. We there is lots of minute change, but it's maybe perhaps more more bigger change that be, becomes the the thing. But it, I, I say it's about adapting, being being not resisting yeah. change, isn't it? Um, yeah, um, exactly. It's about focusing on on what you can control as well. I think that that mm-hmm. um, you can control thinking about the future, creating a mm-hmm. culture, working with people, not knowing the answers, creating all the. This is a, that's within your control. What happens? In business world, what happens to stocks and shares? What happens to this and that and the other? You can't control in the way. It's not you shouldn't worry about it, but actually it shouldn't dominate your behaviour set. And when we overthink and when we over uh, value predictability, that's when. And as I said earlier, our expertise and all of these things. Um, this is why scientists get very angry when people challenge yeah. them because you know their, their, their social standing is under threat. They're kind of uh, you know. Um, mm. So actually, it's the way it, it, the most the most uh, oh, was it Darwin? He said that actually it isn't the geniuses that are most adaptable to change, um, or, or the most most likely to survive and thrive. It's those that are most adaptable to change. They're not necessarily yeah. we're not necessarily the cleverest. Yeah, we're actually, we're uh, my colleague Fraser and the team at the Future Bin, and I'm sure the team where you are there is actually we don't know what's going to happen next. Predicting the future mm. is impossible, right? So mm. many people, eminent eminent scientists. Um, have made these statements about the future and got it completely wrong, you know, mm. about electricity just appear, you know, a passing fad or, you know, flying is an impossibility. Physicists said that because it challenged their mode of thinking. And if you if you admit you don't know, you have a chance of being a part mm. of defining the future because mm. we only we only we only get to see that if we have if we have an open mind. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it's, um, it's it's very true. So, I mean, part of that change, bringing change in, in a business, you, you you talked before about the importance of technology, um, and, and and innovation, which that's something itself to, to keep a pace with, isn't it? And 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 to, to be able to explore it. So, how can businesses learn about innovation? What's what, how can you keep a brand? Well, what is? It? I mean, it's it's innovation itself is a is a term that's used a lot, and I, I think my favourite definition of innovation, Schumpeter, who's an Austrian economist, defined it really as a, as a, as a as an equation: creativity multiplied by risk equals innovation. Yeah, you don't get one without the other. Yeah, creativity, and the thing is, some people don't even think, "Oh, what is creativity?" A lot of people. Think well, creativity is painting pictures, and you know that's creative. And it's like, well, actually, yes, it, maybe it is, but it's 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 really innovation. Is it's creativity with a value, where it mm. solves a problem. But you don't get to realise that unless you take a risk. So I think that's it's, uh, that's in my view. And and but the NOVA in innovation, I believe, is Latin for new, but new value. But ultimately, I think it's about solving problems. And, and mm. the, the best the best thing work we've done has been where it's 
the thing we've created has solved the problem. There's value in that in that thing that does something yeah. for somebody else, and they go, actually, that really helpful. That solves that problem, and and okay, I'll, I'll work with you. Um, it really isn't. It, it's not rocket science. Um, mm. What I find also and have witnessed too with many technology-led businesses, as much as I am a fan of technology, is that often they're too led by R&D. Technical people love to love to solve technical problems that don't necessarily have a commercial imperative or that they're not solving the right problem. So you end up with a very clever technology that's fantastic, that's, that, that, you know, but completely, uh, well, not completely, but sometimes partially, solving a problem but not um really doing what the industry needs so so i do think that you know the process of innovation which is adaptability when you call it needs that mix of people people with a commercial head as well as a technical head and if you if you boil it down to star trek it, it, it's literally having captain kirk he's the kind of creative leader and spock is the technical leader yeah and and together they do some great work um but but over over leaning towards technical isn't the right approach, and particularly with adaptability. Mm. You need people that kind of go, why don't we do it like this? Or why are we, do, why are we even doing that? I mean, you know, what application has that really got? Oh, okay. But yeah, it, it, it does happen a lot. Yeah. yeah. It does happen a lot. But yeah, innovation, in, innovation, I think, sort of, a, like I said, a very um, overused word. But, um, you know, there's a, yeah, in, you don't, I think the other thing is with innovation, you don't have to, create the next iPhone. You know, you mm. don't have to be mega disruptive. It can be incremental. Mm. It can be an improvement. That's still innovation. It represents less risk for you, less risk for your, for your potential customers. Um, the reality is when people are buying something very disruptive and new, there's only a small number of people that will really invest early on, and it takes a lot mm. of patience and time. Incremental innovation offers a path that's perhaps more of a, a, a gentle one and that has, has less less fraught and has the ability to learn how to innovate and over, over time the disruption will come maybe. yeah so talking of innovation marcus what 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 led you to um to create future print and, and, and what is future print yeah future print the clues in the title i mean i'm only really interested in treasures as well is working with businesses and people that are excited about innovation and about where te- not what technology can do in terms of creating new value and um futureprint we set up really because what we the work we did with imprint was all around doing new things breaking new, ter- new territory with, with technology um very ex- very interested in innovation and how technology can really it, it create new value i think it's an incredible incredibly important part of any healthy economy um mm. and futureprint really is a platform to share um information insight analysis news um access to really sort of expert expert people the people that are in, innovative and doing new things um to hopefully inspire change and our our kind of why if you like is we is, is that we want to help technology grow into new markets and help digital really do that grow into new markets and play a larger role not really at the expense of analog we, we're not analog haters mm. we, th- we think we think digital plays new role that's often misunderstood 
and that and actually there's a huge amount of education that needs to be done there's a huge amount of work still needs to be done but it's i think the world's waking up to the flexibility it adds to production the yeah. agility it adds the fact that um it can respond far quicker it can be more localized all of these things suddenly the world's going ah we really need that now um and at a time where the technology is mature enough to and robust enough to work in these incredibly diverse and difficult uh, conditions so it's yeah future prints really that and then the the, the virtual events uh, uh, really bring that to life and then our first live events again in tandem so it's a real mix of different podcasts and interviews like i said articles webinars virtual events live events reports surveys really that serve that why that's 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 where we are really with it yes yeah, it's, it's good fun and uh, like i said we're growing and um yeah I'm looking forward to um, running some face-to-face events. Yeah, I noticed you've done, done a lot of, uh, as of many people, done a, a, quite a lot of different um, online events over the, 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 the past mm. 12, 18 months. But um, you, you've got some live events around the corner, haven't you, as well, um, mm. which I mm. think will be great for people to, to engage with. So um, so FutureSprint is, is kind of like a, 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 a website that people can go to. They can access all this information. Yep. And, and, and futureprint.tech. Yeah, cool. futureprint.tech. Our first event is next month. Then we have one in March in Geneva, which is the Futureprint Leaders Summit. We're bringing together leaders from inside and outside the industry to look ahead, really where the market needs to go next. And that's yeah. we, we, we ran one. We ran that in March on virtually, and it had a massive of interest. So we we've already got kind of half half of our program already sorted in terms of having some of the major leaders in the industry speak so yeah excited about that and um again these events will be recorded and hybrid events so we share the content with that globally as well so yeah we're, it's all it's all again it's serving a purpose so it's yes it's a yeah. business but it, we have a purpose we're serving that and that has value mm. um mm. and motivates us so yeah it's all you've got to have fun at the end of the day isn't it? <laughs> yeah absolutely you got to enjoy you got to do what you've you got to enjoy what you do you've got to kind of like the people you work work with customers that you kind of inspire you and mm. yeah and I, I just sense that you know covid's forced more of a collaborative uh, culture among many of us too and that, and that's an, only a good thing um yeah so yeah it's i just feel that we're coming emerging from this in a positive place yeah it's uh, definitely, there are problems definitely yeah Cool, Marcus. It's been. I feel like we could talk for, for forever and a day about lots of different things. Yeah, but, um, yeah. sorry. Um, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's not yeah. a problem. It's been all really interesting stuff, and, and um, uh, thank you very much for, for for sharing some of your ideas and thoughts with us there. And I think, uh, you know, some, some great, great interesting takeaways. chatting with you, mate. I think we're on the, we're on the same similar wavelength. So that's all good. Isn't it? Oh, it's always good. Most <laughs> so yeah. So thank you very much for for, for joining us for the podcast today. Um, uh, thank you for for listening to the podcast as well. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please uh, remember to to like and share and, and and give us your comments. We'll make sure that in the notes in the show notes we put some of the references for for the books um, that you, uh, you that Marcus mentioned and that we talked about today as well, and also the, the links to be able to get in touch with Marcus. Um, uh, to, uh, you know, for um, FM Future and, and, and Future Print. Um, well, yes, thank you very much for listening. If you uh, have any feedback or any, would like to be on the show as well or ideas of things you might have talked about, then please do get in touch as well. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you very much. Thank you.